taught um, a couple other instruments as well, but um, typically it's just being mandolin guitar, and now I'm just doing mandolin since since I can pick and choose that you know now that everyone's uh, taking lessons pick, from all pick, over. Uh, pick and choose. Uh, uh. You're <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got like I have a student. Uh, yeah, one student in Canada. So actually the closest to me, which is weird since I'm in Washington now. Oh, right, right, um, right. Yeah, and then I've got, you know, Texas, Georgia. Um, yeah, which you. makes it, yeah, yeah what, it's kind of interesting. What kind of branding do you have on your teaching empire right now? Is it like, you know, a Wolf Howlin' at the Moon logo and oh, Aaron Wolf music? I... Or what, what kind of thing is this? <laughs> yeah, Aaron Wolf music. Yeah, I've got like, I, I put up a, a Wix site, so it's like a... A website, yeah. um, it's a free one. Um, I yeah, I don't have a logo. I had an old one when it was Aaron Patterson. Mm. Um, I had an old logo, kind of. Um, but if, but if yeah, listeners, I'll need a, you know, I should, if I listeners want to learn how to play mandolin for sure, but you play a lot of other stuff, then they can go looking for Aaron Wolf music. Yes, yeah, and I'm on Facebook as well. I've got mm. a Facebook page. I have, I did a little series of videos. Yeah, I watched um, some of them. Really good practice. A few months tips. back. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Things that I, I learned from my teachers and from pipe bands. That was like the the one about like color kind of color coding a tune. Yeah, yeah. That was a, a pipe band when I walk in and and uh, a friend that's like, Oh, here's my sheet music, this is what I do. I'm like, Oh, that's genius because a lot of tunes um uh, a lot of pipe tunes have a similar structure as like bluegrass tunes mm, i noticed yeah. um a part b part kind of thing um and uh you know kind of like or has like a again like question answer kind of a thing so you have you know when you're learning a tune you aren't uh, not every measure is gonna be a brand new measure you're gonna have a lot of repetition and which is nice when you're memorizing and that's my that's what i i, I like memorizing more than just like you know, sight reading. I'm not a oh, big yeah. sight reader. <laughs> so if I can memorize it and it makes it easier, if there's a lot of like repetition, um, themes that are, um, easy to recall. Right. Uh, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know to what degree it's like different people's brains work differently or, or just where you put your effort or whatever. But, um, I've always been a pretty clunky sight reader. And like, even when I was a mm -hmm. little kid, just like learning to play piano and stuff, I didn't think that I'd learned something like a tune, a song until I could play it mm -hmm. without the music because that's the only yeah. time that I feel like I could actually play it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That's the time where <clears throat> once it's in your fingers and you do not, you know, I feel like it's like minimizing distraction. So if you're not having to look at the sheet music, um, even though it can be like a helpful, like reminder, like, Oh, that's what's coming up. Like that. Usually I'll use sheet music for that. If the piece is long enough to kind of, need a reminder of what the next part is or you know you still want to you know yeah. full mem memorization is nice because then you can just kind of feel the music you know what you know, interpret it how you want it to sound mm. really get into it and just enjoy it like yeah be in the flow <laughs> yeah the flow state right <clears throat> flow state like on soul <laughs> right the yeah, pixar movie, that movie. I, <laughs> that movie. <laughs> um I love, I don't know, I just love that where, you know, he's just sitting down playing and he's just like, 
just getting into it. I'm like, yeah. And it was actually funny watching the movie where he, um, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie yet, <laughs> but right. where he thinks the purpose, like his purpose of life, you know, why he's there on earth is to play music. And going through the movie, I'm like, yeah, that's the purpose. And I was all like, yep. Uh-huh. That's what his spark is. That's his purpose. And then at the end, I'm like, Oh wait, that was really shallow of me. Dang it, I got it wrong. Yeah, oh, this <laughs> like, was teaching me a lesson. No, no. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> but it was a good lesson because it was like very applicable. I was like, oh, music, yeah, performing. Oh yeah, that's my thing. That's, yeah, I just love that. So it was a good reminder of like, you know, those are things that bring us happiness and joy and and enriched our lives. But yeah. um, there's a lot more to to life than <laughs> just. Being yeah, on a stage I, and just nailing a solo, <laughs> I, and I've I've done a lot less of that uh, that as than than you have, but but still for me, I don't know if, if you felt this way, but for me, I felt like it was somewhat a humbling experience as somebody who does kind of aspire to that, you know, to that yeah. being my purpose. I want to be known as a music man, you yeah. Know? And then it's like, yeah, oh, you're right. I'm. There are a lot of other things to focus on that really bring deeper joy. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Darn you, Pixar, teaching me lessons. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and you know of course this isn't meant to be like a a moody a movie critic podcast of course but I, I i will i'll i'll delve off onto this little tangent here i'm curious what you thought personally i actually was a little disappointed by the ending when he got a second chance i kind of thought like he's given it up for this other person and now he's going to be absorbed into the collective or whatever it is that happens, you know, in that great beyond. Uh-huh. I was like, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. What? How beautiful. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, yeah. you have to go back to it. So I was like, well, all right, I guess everybody yeah, it, gets their it, happy ending or something. But I don't know. It kind of, down. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It was kind of like you're waiting for it to just have pe- like be at peace kind of thing. Yeah, it's exactly. like, that's where you think of like the spirits that are on red, like that's, um, a lot of like uh, I don't know mythology or so is like when a spirit doesn't fulfill something, they're not at rest. Right. But then, so I don't know. Somehow they they're at peace and then they pass on. They don't come back, you right. know. And, it and like so I was expecting, that, right? Yeah, it's like oh, he's found his thing. He's he's understood. He's at peace. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like you know you know when you read a book and or like a especially when it happens to series of books yeah. um, where they you think someone's going to die and some character's going to die and then yeah. they don't and somehow every every time all of a sudden every time a character's in peril and you think it'd be oh this is really sad but this just seems appropriate that that uh, he's going to be you know this yeah, guy's like, going like, to die it, it sad, and then they keep saving right. them right they keep coming yeah. back yeah, they keep coming back, and it's like, oh, there's it's just like lost. A, a it's backup like a clone of them, or there's like a magic potion <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it now like it uh, loses its 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 weight. It's like it's like crying wolf. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, a lot. You're it's like yeah, you're not gonna die. Then it's like not as not as intense, not as like. Oh, yeah, like exactly. heart wrenching or something. I, 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 yeah, you you said it really well. You said it loses its weight. It like uh, there's a lot yeah. of meaning and sort of I don't know how you how would you describe it. It's like a delicious kind of melancholy that you know like it is yeah. sad, but it's like it's right. You know, it feels good. But yeah. Then, oh, you're just gonna cheapen it by making it so everybody's alive and everything's fine. Well, yeah. Well, well. Yeah, I think because I think it's like we want to to think of when we pass on or, or when something ends for us that 
there is peace in that, even though it's sad. Like we, yeah. I think we want to, we want to be able to think that when something ends, that it's okay and that it can be graceful and and there's something new and you know it's uh, so it kind of avoids it avoids it, which which makes you lacking in well, what when it does happen. You know, it's gonna happen. Things things end. People, you know, yeah. pass on. We're getting really d- <laughs> deep. Yeah, welcome into to Droning on the podcast solemn. about uh, Pixar movie criticism, <laughs> philosophy. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll start delving into different religious systems here in a moment. Yeah, warrant. But yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how to get back on track yeah, after I, that. I'll just, so. I'll just do a hard cut and just reel us back. Into <laughs> Speaking, speaking of color-coded music, <coughs> I, I am hoping to talk to the guy who started that. Are you aware of the McNewby's uh, bagpipe, annotated bagpipe group? Or Okay, excuse me. McNewby's annotated bagpipe music group on Facebook. No. No, is it like new, newbie as you're a newbie and it's that's, McNewby? That's the idea, that yes. what it's supposed I, to be? Oh, I be, okay. I became aware of it a little while ago when we were working on this uh, learning book for Garden Valley Pipe Band's uh, pipe class, just because I was curious mm-hmm. what other people were doing. And I didn't realize that the guy who started it is local he's here in utah so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna interview him in a little bit but that's that's kind of his game he 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 does take requests from the group you know for for uh, public domain tunes and stuff and he'll write out out simple Mm -hmm. scores but uh yeah the color coding thing figures in a in a big way figures into his methodology and um that's cool i just finished a book actually by stephanie burns called strategies for learning and memorizing new tunes that's oh she, she, she's I've written two. She wrote one that was, uh, like, what was it called? Like, Strategies That Improve. Ah, now I'm going to mess it up. She's written two uh-huh. bagpipe-specific books so far, and I'm hoping she'll write more. Um, but, uh-huh. yeah, this one, was it was excellent. It was so cool. And she does talk a lot about what you mentioned, the, the sort of structure of a tune. You know, it might look overwhelming at first, mm-hmm. but if you, if you can kind of color code it or dig down into it, you realize, all right, I'm actually only learning, like, eight bars of music. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you look at a huge sheet and you're like, oh no. And and even um, you find, even though, even if there's not a lot of, say, you don't have as much repetition as something, especially, I think, I think bagpipes, because you are limited in scale mm, um, yeah. and notes that you play and, and types of phrases, you're going to have repetition of, of phrases that... Um, you know, you've played, you know, I guess you've played, like, you play, like, a, a D-throat, a, you know, some other thing. You're like, oh, well, I've played that before. So everything kind of connects. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not, it's, it's nice that you're not having to play, uh, I mean, that's something I like about bagpipes. You don't have to jump around a million different keys. Yeah. Because someone sings and, you know, their voice is a little lower. It's, like, annoying. It's like, uh, you're either you're with me or not. I'm right, playing this. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is how it is. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, it, um, it can be kind of yeah. relieving. I'm sure you can maybe. I'm sure you can re- relate to this in a big way. And I want to hear some about so, a little bit about your sort of performing history, where you've been all over the world and stuff playing music. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, with bagpipes, with other instruments, it's like, all right, let's tune up. Oh, can you make these adjustments and stuff? With bagpipes, you just kind of walk in. You'd be like, hey, if you want bagpipes here, y'all have to adjust to me. Everybody, follow yeah. me. <laughs> you want me or not? This is what I am. <laughs> It's kind of like the cowboy of instruments. It's kind of like take me as I am. Yep, I'm yep. just gonna go for it. <laughs> oh, you like you like A440, huh? Mm, how about 476? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, um, so tell me about that, Aaron. You you oh, do yeah. play bagpipes. <laughs> Some of the folks in Garden Valley yeah. Pipe Band will know you. Uh, you started playing. You started learning with the band about the same time. I'm thinking like Steve, who's still with the band, uh, about the same yeah. time as he did. Um, so some folks yeah. will know you. Some folks might not. You've also played with Wasatch and District. Did you play with any other groups mm-hmm. before you moved out to Washington? Um, I tried to. Um, I ended up uh, moving to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find a and... band out there? I I did I well I I was you know meeting up and met up a couple times, um, and I ended up not being able to just just for traveling and work. I was working full time in Mesa, living in Phoenix, and and was the and, was the group like in Flagstaff or something? So you just had to like go all over the place. <laughs> well, I I um uh, I was jumping into the um, Phoenix pipe band. Uh, I'm yeah. trying I'm gonna say it right. <laughs> um, it's been a while, but um. But they actually met quite a bit farther southeast, so past Mesa, down, like, that's at least the, the, um, I think it was the grade five or four, I think it was a grade four band, Mm. I think. Um, but they met a little different area. I was thinking Phoenix, but they were, they were meeting down south, and so just was traveling and, you know, and just newly married and... It was just a little hectic. Yeah. So I ended up pittering out and I was just, <laughs> I was bummed, but I had a lot of, you know, a lot of other stuff going on and, um, well, yeah, you know, and, and that was my life. I think we all go through that. Yeah. You kind of have to vary how much activity you can, you can take on in the, in the piping world. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my, uh, first time living, living in like an apartment since I started piping before I was living oh, yeah. in. You know, at home, <laughs> yeah, it just everything kind of changed on me, and I had yeah. a, I think I had a trouble, I had trouble adapting. That's when you start shopping um, for electronic bagpipes. Exactly, and I, I actually had gotten a, um, I think it's a Flagerstrom. N- nobody Flager-strum. knows how to pronounce it. We <laughs> I all don't know, know, we how all to know say what it. you mean. Nobody knows how to say it. Go on, yeah. <laughs> I got one of those earlier before I moved, and played with that a little bit, but it's just not, you know, it's not the same. It doesn't, it's not as satisfying. It's like yeah. eating a salad as opposed to like a steak. It just wasn't as <laughs> tasty for me to listen yeah. to myself. It's definitely <laughs> a different experience. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So what, so, I, either start me with when you started learning bagpipes, like when you first became interested and thought, I'm going to start to learn bagpipes and work me backward mm-hmm. through your musical career or take me all the way back to your childhood and when did you encounter music, and how did that lead up to bagpipes? And take all the time you want. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I won't be long-winded. <laughs> I think I'll start start earlier and yeah. then come forward just because it all kind of connects. Um, so my family's pretty creative. We're very artistic. Um, yeah. Oh, by and... the way, I you do have a famous brother, uh, the famous volleyball player. Yes. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So my uh, older brother, he's the oldest and he is an Olympian and he's a professional volleyball player, Casey Patterson, um, C-Pat. Um, you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. He's pretty, <laughs> we'll throw, he's got some we'll fun th- stuff. Yeah, but he, he's pretty fun. He's got, he's got four kids and does some pretty, pretty funny videos with them. Um, but yeah, so I have a, professional volleyball player brother um i have an older sister who design who has written pretty much written the book for um costume design for animation and game Mm. um and so she's super artistic drawing wise and um 
and then I have a younger sister, and that's me, and then I have a younger sister who is a photographer, really good artist as well, really good, like, kind of graphic design art stuff. Um, and and uh, yeah, so this is multi-generational too, isn't it? Isn't your dad... Or is it, isn't, isn't somebody like some sort of fancy carpenter or builder of some kind or designer? Yeah. Yeah. My dad, um, does custom furniture and he's done that forever. Worked, uh, pretty much self-employed for most of my life. And he builds like thousands and tens of thousands of dollars, like table and mm. kitchens and libraries that have backlit onyx and gold leaf and hand relief carving. So he's like, mm. he's the the you know are very artistic with with wood and uh mediums like that so he's and i don't want to throw you off your story but does that Uh does having grown up with your dad doing that kind of work does that affect your luthiering work yeah yeah i yeah, I started. Um, I started working with him since I was probably ten. No, <laughs> yeah, child labor. Yeah, breaking all kinds of laws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually how I earned my first instrument. I was I'd putty and sand and stuff <laughs> for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I just I'd, I'd like to hang out with my dad ever since I was little. I'd like to hang out with him in the garage because he worked at home, which is really nice. We just have a garage or a shop or a barn that he'd convert into his into his um, wood shop. And I just hang out there and just hang out with my dad. I love doing that. And then I just gradually got into, um, you know, he'd just teach me as he went. Just always, he's always very, he's a teaching person. And whenever he's doing anything, he'll just like, oh, do you know what this is? Or do you know, it, you know, give me a little problem to solve. How would you do that? You know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm very familiar with, with wood um, and pretty much grew up. Yeah, working with him, that was my, that's how I earned my money to buy my first instrument, which, which was my violin. Oh, you started so, I, I call it, yeah, the fiddle. <laughs> and I tell people, I mean, people go, oh, you play, you play the violin? I'm like, oh, I play the fiddle. It's very different. It's not, you know, what I play in in my church, it's not really appropriate for a normal Sunday church meeting. <laughs> ah, you, you, you play the corrupted violin. Yes. The fiddle is of the devil violin. Right. I, I, I believe I remember hearing a story about someone in Georgia playing one of those. Yeah, yeah. And it just gets more devilish as I don't practice. <laughs> it's becoming more and more satanic all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so um, I started on the fiddle and then got together with like a little a group of ladies that my um, that played music together. My aunt was in and she's like, you should come out. And they were called the Bony Mountain Mamas. From, oh, that's uh, a fun name. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're in the <clears throat> Thousand Oaks or Newbury Park, California. And I grew up in Ventura County. So Southern California girl, no tan, all freckles, no surfing. <laughs> um yeah, and uh, so I, I started playing violin, fiddle with them, and there was a lady there that had a mandolin. I'd never seen a mandolin before, even though my grandpa had played it. So I have yeah. a f- musical grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and my mom's like, oh, did you see? And I was, I was probably like, I think 11 or 12. She's like, oh, this lady over here, she plays what's called the mandolin, and it's tuned like the violin, but it has frets. I'm like... Ooh, sign me up! <laughs> yeah, I've always the whole fretless thing. <laughs> yeah, is that such a relief for someone going from violin uh, to mandolin? Just be like, oh, finally, I don't have to worry so much about yeah, my finger position. Yeah, yeah. So left hand wise, or if you know, depending on 
if you're right-handed or left-handed. Right, maybe call it what? Your fretting hand. hand. Yeah, you're... Yeah, it's so much, oh, that was just so much nicer for me. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, right hand, very different. So, like, sure, sure. whole, you know, going from bowing to picking. To me, going from bowing to picking was easier than bowing. Bowing is just, uh, yeah, it's not my, not my favorite. <laughs> there's not a, like, for mandolin, there's, there's pretty much a, a, kind of a rule that you you can break you'll you'll end up breaking a lot but like that really just makes everything smooth down beats are down picks up beats are up picks however you divide eighth notes 16th notes and so on hmm. so there was just like you know i didn't have to think about it figured it out and that Pretty was nice straightforward so stuff, huh? yeah so mandolin yeah i like i like the frets um and i like the rhythm i like percussive yeah um stuff so and once you yeah, get so, that, that fancy mandolin tremolo down, that's that's pretty much all the tricks, right? You got you got your yeah, full set of tools. Yeah, yeah. But and talking about, about tremolo, it's it's just pretty much a a shiver. <laughs> you just just think you're really cold, and everyone's like, oh, "How do you do tremolo?" You just <laughs> <laughs> learn how to relax secret. and shiver at the same time. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, so my, it went from my wife's my wife's grandpa was uh, a really great guitar player. He like classic like he's from another century he he grew up the child of poor share croppers in the south and uh you know uh -huh. played played guitar at midnight in in some in a cotton shack with some neighbor kids and stuff and uh-huh he loves he well he's passed away now but he would always play you know the classic like you know uh oh i don't know tennessee box top he loved johnny cash stuff like that but as he got uh -huh. older his um he had some kind of nerve thing happening you know where he'd just shake all the time mm. oh and yeah what we would do is we'd put double-sided tape on a pick for him and then uh -huh. whatever at whatever pace his arm was shaking that day would determine the the rhythm tempo. or the, the tempo <laughs> of the songs we would play and we, he'd just let his hand nice. go there you go <laughs> there you go just play sound put down some chords and then you just yeah we should have put him on a mandolin yeah. we didn't really think to do it <laughs> guitar, that was perfect it was perfect of evolution <laughs> yeah, yeah. go oh, on cool. go yeah on. so oh yeah um yeah, so I went, uh, got onto the mandolin, and for that I, I shoveled manure to get my mandolin. We had a neighbor with two horses, so fed the horses, was shoveled manure, it? and yes, Is this the <laughs> it was you worth still play it. To this day, or have you moved up? Oh no, then? no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, huh? yeah, I bought it's a. I we had a little catalog, and I don't know where he got the catalog, but that's where I got my violin. Actually, pretty good quality. Looking back and having worked in music stores and repaired violins for years, um, the violin I got for like just under two hundred dollars. It's probably now worth like equivalent of the quality. It'd be like going out and buying a five hundred dollar violin. So, oh, very nice. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, that one I keep around, and it's I think it'd be good to have to to hand down because I play my grandpa's fiddle now. Mm. Um, but my mandolin is a K mandolin big chunky monster mandolin it's like a guitar player guitar builder built one just mm. look, looking at the picture and not <laughs> it's just huge <laughs> just cut the neck a little shorter <laughs> yeah the neck yeah and the neck was thick and it would just be so big in my i remember my hand hurting I'm like oh my hand hurts i like mandolin but my hand hurts and yeah. it just doesn't sound that great and and then one lady in the band that i was playing in bony man mamas and she was just she just like felt really bad for me apparently. Mm. It's like, oh that mandolin. Oh she so she's like, here, play my I think she she had an Alvarez. So she's like, You can borrow my Alvarez while you save up for another mandolin, and which it, I, I was did it just blow your mind doing. getting on a, a Oh my show. gosh. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it was 
night and day. All of a sudden, I went from like I guess I play the violin and I also play some mandolin. To yeah, I play the mandolin and I kind of play violin. Right, right. But mandolin's my thing. <laughs> what, what, and how old were you at this point? Were you a young teenager going out there um, as a kid? Or? I think I was probably by that time I was probably thirteen. Yeah. When I when she lent me that, um, or maybe I was younger. I was probably twelve still. Yeah, because we moved later. Moved around a lot, um, but mostly between California and Utah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was amazing. And then uh, we ended up, our, our house, we lived in a farmhouse. We rented on this uh, romaine lettuce uh, farm and ended up flooding. Our house flooded, the shop mm. flooded, and we ended up moving and we, we got some insurance money and my mom's like you are getting a mandolin i was oh, like nice. yeah so really that nice. was i got that was the that was like a best awesome thing ever. <laughs> best flood ever <laughs> so i ended up getting a going down to mccabe's in um uh, santa monica and i got a callings mandolin they're out of austin texas mm. and uh it's a beautiful mandolin. I still that's the one I play now and love it. So I think I'm not super tapped into the mandolin world, but I feel like don't don't they also make some high end octave mandolins? Are they known for octave mandolins? I feel like I've seen that name around. Um, Collings, they might. Maybe I I'm think. wrong. Maybe I I'm I, I haven't looked in the market recently. Yeah. Um, octave mandolins are that's that's one where I I bought one um a Trinity one just for fun mm -hmm. um and it just it's. My my finger, I you know I'm a tall person. My fingers are long, and it's still it's hard to play. Yeah. <laughs> I like my tiny little mandolin. I just feel more comfortable. But um, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Collings are they're great. They make beautiful guitars as well, and cases and stuff. So, um, yeah. So I got my got my mandolin, and I became from then on. I was like, I'm a mandolinist. You know, yeah. that's what I do. And and but I kept collecting instruments. So I kept uh, I picked up. The guitar after that, I have a, a Martin guitar that was on 50% off sale on, on sale. And mm -hmm. um, so I got my Martin guitar and then I collected, I got a acoustic, acoustic electric guitar bass, um, which I'd no longer have again, too big for my hand, uh, yeah. <laughs> even I just, yeah. And then um, picked up um, plucked drum banjo, tenor banjo and we're, that were my grandpa's and great grandpa's and then i picked up is is um, plectrum that's help, help me remember is this is that reference to a maker of banjo or a, a reference to a playing style of banjo um so it's they call they call this banjo plectrum plectrum just means pick um so that's mm. what a you know you play with a plectrum plectrum which is just pick for short um and uh so it's a four string it's a long neck um, as opposed to, so the tenor banjo is what you'll see in like Dixieland bands or Irish, yeah. um, banjo, um, they'll tune them different from American to Irish. So Irish will be more like a mandolin, uh, GDAE and mm -hmm. American will be uh, CGDA, like a, like a mandola or a viola, mm -hmm. um, uh, which works well for the keys that you're playing in American Dixieland stuff. Everything is like in B flat and F. So it just fits better. Anyways, I could <laughs> carry on tangents. <laughs> um, but plectrum, you actually play it more chordally. So it's mm. more 
melodies within um, uh, within chords, um, however you um, can't think of the word, not, but not, however you structure the chord. It's not so much then the the Scruggs picking style. Correct. It's yeah. Also, so is it also not the um? Oh, what do they call it? The the kind of banjo I've always wanted to learn to play. And now I can't think of what like it's called. Claw hammer. Yeah, claw hammer. Oh, yeah. I, I love listening yeah. to claw hammer banjo. Yeah, claw hammer is awesome. I've got a couple friends, you know, Alex and Jordan, that play really good claw hammer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tried a little bit. Jordan taught me. I can play Cripple Creek or old her old Joe Clark. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> oh, and what's what's the name of the guy? The local guy who does blackberry banjos. He, he plays claw hammer. Oh. What's oh, it, what's um, his name? Is it Jer- Jeremy? No, is it, is it Thomas? Oh, it's Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. it's Thomas. Thomas, can't remember his last I, name. I feel Thomas. so sure that like maybe, and I'm sure it's been done at some point, but I feel like clawhammer banjo and bagpipes, like small pipes, they uh-huh. they go together. The the droning idea, you know, and yeah, like yeah, I've been I've been begging uh, Thomas over there at Blackberry to to hang out uh-huh. with me and, and jam with me for years. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I haven't been able to entice him yet someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, the banjo is tuned in open chord. Right. Um, typically G, but you can you know, just capo to an A easily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, the five-string banjo is the more iconic one that you see that and you, you'll hear and in TV shows when someone has to run really fast and right, it's silly the and they'll be, you know, it's like, of course they go to banjo. Yep. Banjo's not silly people. It's serious. <laughs> no, no. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, pluck drum and tenor are usually p- played with a flat pick and yeah, then yeah. five string banjo is either the finger picks or claw hammer. So like back of your nails and yeah. stuff. So you, uh, so you picked up uh, a plectrum banjo that was, you say your grandpa's? Yeah. Yeah. My grandpa, um, and so my grandpa played, he, he played, um, uh, he, I guess he was, there was Slim, Curly, and Tex, and he was Slim. Those, those are great <laughs> names. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and he played in a, in a band in, in Missouri, and then when he moved to California, and I guess he, he was able to, he got to play with the Sons of the Pioneers a few times, um, some other famous people of the time. Um, and he played mainly fiddle and I grew up thinking that he played bluegrass, but he actually played more like Texas swing, mm, which has gotcha. got a little more class to it. And, you know, How dare you have you? his, <laughs> I'm like, Someone out there is offended right now. <laughs> I was like, everything's a lie. I thought he played one other sub genre and he was playing a different sub genre. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like they're yeah. so different. <laughs> But yeah, so this is a lot of string, a lot of string talk, but pretty much a lot of, um, I like, I like to play, I, I would be drawn to instruments that were a little eclectic and that less people were playing. So I kind of felt a little special, you know, oh, I realized like, what? <laughs> like, why do I turn my nose down to piano? I'm like, Everyone plays piano. I go, yeah. oh, because if I played, I wouldn't be that great in yes. comparison. <laughs> I, I sometimes refer to this as security in obscurity. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. So when people say that, that I'm their, I'm I'm the best mandolinist they've ever met, it's usually because I'm the only mandolinist they've yeah. ever met. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'll take that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder how many bagpipers do play some guitar, some piano, you know, some more common instruments, but uh-huh. just never really bring it up yeah. because, you know, it's safer to just be known as, uh, you know, the piper in the family, the piper in the, yeah. in the neighborhood, et cetera. Yeah, there's more mystique to it. Too. Absolutely. Pretty, and yeah. nobody can judge you, really. <laughs> Unless yeah. you get on YouTube by accident and then you will get judged very harshly and painfully. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of what like what drew me to the to the bagpipes. Um, I'd heard them before, but I didn't really compute that I could play them. I think because I played stringed instruments, my sister played the flute, and I was like, "Oh, wind instruments have to deal with spit," <laughs> and just thinking about spit would make me gag. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Ew!" <laughs> um, but um, I played at so a mandolin. Once I got into college, I played at um, at BYU Provo. And uh, my my mandolin teacher happened to be the director for the folk music um, at BYU, Mark Gesselson. I'm a big and, fan of his work. I've been listening to Mark Gesselson yeah. for years. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, he's got some awesome like albums. Really like, great albums, um, yeah. Like him him albums and stuff, and he's uh, played in a bunch of uh, bands. And uh, remember, he played in one. Uh, I think it was. I'll say it wrong. Lincoln Highway, I think. One um, of the first banjo books that I bought was uh, his collection of Celtic tunes, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His book. yeah, his books, that was like, those were the books I played with for forever. Yeah. He, yeah, he has, yeah, published by Mel Bay. They're great. Um, I think they're still called 50, yeah, 50 tunes. There's mandolin, yeah, banjo, right. bass, fiddle. Those are great books. I think um, I made him uncomfortable. I, I got to meet him thanks to you, actually. I, I came to help with your group, the um, Molly and the Mineshaft, one night at a Christmas concert, and he was there setting up some sound equipment. And oh, I'd yeah. never seen a picture of him, you know, having known his name and his <laughs> music for years and years. And so I just, he mentioned something about how his daughter had previously played with you. I was like, oh, does that mean that you're Mark Gestlison? And he was like, yes. And immediately I was like, just a starstruck fanboy like, <gasps> can i shake your hand sir it's <laughs> so like what the heck yeah i think i made him uncomfortable like i think i like i fawned over him for a moment no. shook his hand and then he like i think i need to go over there it's like okay bye <laughs> folk musicians are uncomfortable with being known because yeah. <laughs> they're like what yeah what? I, I don't think i asked him to like sign any body parts or anything so i don't think it got too weird but honestly i don't remember exactly <laughs> Okay, so this reminds me of, um, okay, so you, uh, do you know, uh, have you heard of the banjo player Noam McKelney? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, okay, so yeah, he plays with Punch Brothers and Chris Thiele. Plus he's hilarious. And, yeah, so he, it makes me think of the videos that he's done. He has um, one on, um, I guess, this site, like, Funny or Die, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and he's on there, and it has, like, uh, Steve Martin on there, Ed Helms. Right, all these other yeah. and then famous musicians and 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 so he has this this thing about becoming famous on the on the banjo like all of a sudden he he becomes like this typical celebrity going off the deep end because right. he's famous That's on the right. banjo and he's like and he's like looking out the window and he's like oh he's paparazzi oh there's that <laughs> there's that paparazzi again it's like a lady walking her dog he's like oh yeah. Oh, I can't help, you know, just dealing with all this. Being banjo famous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that made me think of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's probably, they just keep walking. They just keep trying to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I love, I love the way he plays, but also he's, he's just a funny guy. Just any video. Yeah. He's always been funny. Yeah. So dry. that you're just yeah, like, wait, very, what? Very, very dry. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So yeah, the, the obscure instrument. So when I was at BYU, um, we would do um, these Christmas performances and they would always have um, a bagpiper. Um, and it was uh, Eric Abbott came and would play and he was a student and he was in the folk ensemble. He played with the Celtic Celtic band at BYU and um, uh, and he was telling me about the, how you have a practice chanter. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing that made me think, oh, maybe I could do this because I don't have to purchase a $2,000 instrument and right. just Lower know that to realize I fail <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah. Since I'd never played a wind instrument, I had no idea how I would do. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay. So um, got a practice chanter and that's what started that. And I just got into um, listening to... Um, uh, Gordon Duncan, I got hooked on, and I just, I loved his, like, The Belly Dancer is the coolest song yeah, ever, because <laughs> there's Bagpipe doing some funky scale, I love that, I, I really like uh, kind of Middle Eastern scales, it just has this mystique about it, yeah. and and then the rhythm, I love weird rhythms, like weird counts to where you're like, where are they going? But then you can get hooked onto it, but it's still like, what is it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then in that tune, they have, um, I, I think, either guitar or sitern or something doing yeah. the backup, and it so, is just like so that. cool. Yeah. yeah, so those two together, it was just like, oh my gosh, a stringed instrument meeting bagpipes, all of a sudden, like, I had this, like, connection, like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. I Googled bagpipe lessons and Garden Valley <laughs> popped up. All like, right. take lessons. I'm like, perfect. And it's all oh, I could go do that. It was free. And that was perfect for my budget. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking and for. My com- <laughs> and my commitment to just see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah you so. Quick too, probably because of your musical background. But do you remember how long it was between when you first started on the practice chanter and when you got onto the set of pipes? Um, I, I think... feel like you were competing like the next summer. I was. <laughs> yeah. So I, I jumped on. I, I joined you guys out in the park. And it was probably, like, so, I think it was middle of summer. Something like that. I think, oh, I got the chanter for Christmas. So maybe it was earlier. Mm-hmm. But once you guys started, you know, meeting outside, at some point I came out and started um, started learning. And you, you were my first teacher. Hey. You're teaching me my fingering and... Yeah, and, uh, and I, didn't I had... Me- I, obviously, I didn't mess it up so badly that you gave up. No. So <laughs> you ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. And, and so I think um, I think I bought my pipes. Um, it was beginning of... It was around fall or so. So it might have been like... I've been playing Chanter for three months. I remember I was, I was anxious to get on pipes. Once I started figuring things out, I was like, okay, I want to get bagpipes. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't too long, and I got I got the pipes, but the the getting the pipes and playing them that was that was probably a long stretch, and that was the most discouraging for me because I just my lungs or whatever. Oh, yeah, this was your first <laughs> it was so hard. Music, huh? Yeah, it was so hard, and I remember going on forums, um, on the bagpipe like forums Dunsire. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was just reading people's stories. I'm like, am I the only one? I just, I just wanted to hear other people 
and their struggles. I was just really into reading about other people starting off brand new. It's important to know and, that you're not the only one, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and um, it took me, like, I have to say, it took me, like, two, three months to get to where I could play a couple notes tied together. It was that yeah. bad. <laughs> also, like, the cheek muscles, like my mouth muscles. Yeah, yeah. We were just, you know, I'm, I'm used to smiling. I'm not used to... To playing a wind instrument, scrunching it up and everything. So, you know, getting past the drooling (laughs) instantly, (laughs) mouth tired and drooling. Yeah. yeah. I was like, great. Once those lips start getting numb, things can get real wet real fast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, that was hard, but I was like, I'd try every day, but I I really, I I could have, I could have pushed harder to, to exercise, but I was just so discouraged. I was like, oh, maybe it's not meant to be. And, And I remember... I remember coming to um, um, uh, a it was a band practice uh, at Garden Valley when I was in grade five. I just joined, mm-hmm. and we were just starting and we we're just playing on our practice chanters. And we're out in the hallway, and people were talking. Oh yeah, when I started, I just got right into it, and I played a tune. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so some people are just they can they've just got it, and but yeah. it I had a. Well, yeah, I know that, like, like, uh, like, not long before you started, we also had, like, another rapid success story is Emily, who had, uh, I think she'd previously played clarinet and or saxophone, and uh, so I do think, and, uh-huh. and she also, like, I think that she, like, started learning, and, like, the next summer was actually leading the grade five band into a competition circle, so, like, also learned very quickly. Oh, wow. But I do think that some of that, wow. you know, she had the cheek muscles already and stuff like that, but. Yeah. But and it, I think I mean we don't want anyone to be discouraged is the thing. Like some of us it takes us a very long time to even get from chanter to bagpipes. The the the, the yeah. point is that it's a individual struggle, but in all cases it is a struggle yes. to some degree. Yeah. And I mean it really wasn't it, I I I'm like I really can't complain. It was it wasn't that long, but for me from playing going from playing when I played one string instrument once I could cross one string instrument onto another one, it was already like 80% there. Like, because right. they're just yeah. so many and things are similar. From a place like, of pretty high proficiency on those instruments when you started on the bagpipes. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm used to playing, you know, and and you kind of forget and you kind of lose perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to sound like this sounds like I'm oh, you know, all big headed. <laughs> I don't want to sound like on that. The show already, so don't even worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here every time, so you're, you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so like. You know, I was just used to when I'd learn a new instrument that it would already be like, okay, I'm just adapting a little bit. And this was like an entirely new thing from it it was just so different. And um, and so it was it was hard for me. I was like, what? This isn't how it's supposed to be. It's usually, you know, different. That's (laughs) not how it usually goes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the I'm an instrument person. This is what I do, you know, (laughs) Um and so that was really good. I have to say my, uh, my journey, my learning, like how I, how I grew in my, uh, in my learning and my practicing with bagpipes has helped my mandolin and my teaching so much more. Mm. Um, cause it's just, I think anytime you go through a, a struggle and overcome hurdles, um, it's good for you and it's good mm. for your teaching, especially cause you have all kinds of students with different um, learning styles, different, um, you know, yeah, thinking differently, playing differently. Um, so that's, it's really helped 
and then me as well just me on my mandolin yeah. um and how i how i think about things yeah i, I, wouldn't, so, yeah. I wouldn't pretend like i'm wise or anything but having like i start i've been playing pipes for like 15 years now and every every once in a while when i get a new student or something or when my students are transitioning from chanter to bagpipes i try mm -hmm. sometimes to like pull out a song and play it on my chanter but left-handed you know switch my hands around oh just when i'm yes. by myself or try to play my pipes on the wrong shoulder just to remind myself yeah. like this is very difficult and awkward just to remember you yes. know like be patient walk through them we walk through it with them that kind of stuff yeah that's really yeah uh, my sister my little sister um ha had me do that once she's like uh, uh I'm like, oh, I was just down on myself. Oh, I'm just, I don't feel like I'm really progressing as much. I just couldn't, you know, you just, you just can't see because something's so gradual. It's yeah. hard to remember yeah. where you came from. Absolutely. And she's like, play your mandolin on like, play it left-handed. And I'm trying to play it. All of a sudden, I look like a beginner student. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this yeah. is what they look like. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't they just get their hand in the right position? What's wrong? You know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh my goodness this is really awkward and hard. I'm like, yeah. wow, okay. So, yeah, same thing. Try left-handed. And then all of a sudden you go, okay, it's, I really am a lot better than that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah flip your hands around and try to do a D throw, and then you'll, you'll feel oh way better about yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. So. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into piping. And, yeah, and I like I said, I, uh, I mean, I, I joined up uh, with – Garden Valley's, your, your lessons, your classes, and, mm -hmm. and, um, and then I, yeah, I started taking private lessons from Diana. Oh, right, um, yeah. I heard, yeah, she's like, oh, she teaches private lessons. I'm like, oh, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for one-on-one -on -one lessons, yeah. and, and, and she I, just and lived. a great teacher, right? Yeah, she's awesome. She's super good, and, um, yeah, really helped me get my technique clean. I was really grateful for that, because, Playing an instrument, or you know, if you've played an instrument before, you've realized you go, oh, I should have, I should have really slowed down and tried to get my technique good. And that's yeah. how I, when I played fiddle and mandolin, I just really jumped in. I'm like, I want to play Orange Boston Special. I want to play like, yeah. <laughs> not well. But I just want to play the fast tunes. I want to play it quick. I want to play it right now. Just show yeah. me the shortcut. I'll do it. And when I went into bagpipes, I really had the the mindset of I want to do it right and even if that's slow even if it's like super boring and I'm gonna drill something until my you know until my my sister in the next room just goes nuts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's funny how much she, she would she'd walk around she'd start singing a, like humming a tune I'm oh, like yeah. how do you know that song she's like how do I not know that song <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah but I really wanted to like to use my discipline, my of my, I could be mature. <laughs> You're gonna be adult about this instrument. <laughs> I'm gonna be so adult about this and slow down. <laughs> you feel like that and... actually might be part of it? Is that like maybe with a lot of these other instruments or genres of instruments you picked them up when you were a kid, but this one you came to, you know, as a, as an older person, and so maybe maybe that affected the way you approached it. Yeah, I I I really I think it's it's because I I. Because I lump all the string instruments together as the same beginning, kind of. Yeah. Um, um, bagpipes really made you start from scratch. It kind of makes me think of... So my dad speaks... Um, he speaks Spanish. And he's really good at speaking Spanish, just fluent. And um, I remember he he met with uh, 
were hanging out with Katie, my brother, and playing volleyball. And he had some teammates when he was playing at BYU that were from uh, that spoke Portuguese. And he's listening to them. He's like, "Oh, it's like it's like Spanish, but it's but it's not. But like then it's Spanish I can hear some accent. things. But and so it make it it was like more frustrating than." You know, it's like, like oh, if it was a different like English or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like when you learn something that's similar to what you're trying to learn, it's hard to detach mm, and it's yeah. hard if you have certain habits. So that's what I've learned with, with my string instruments, the habits cross over a lot because mm. it's very similar. Um, but with the bagpipes, I'm like, I'm starting fresh with no bad habits. Mm, yeah. Let's see how long I can last. And that was... <laughs> yeah i mean they're gonna happen anyways but like but it was kind of like a fresh slate for me it yeah. was like a, a do-over and i wanted to to do over and see what i really wanted to discover how i could practice and learn better for me yeah how i could discipline myself to have more success in it but i have to say when you're a kid it's it's not that you just don't have the patience is that you know, that you have different interests i mean the interest for you that that drives you to play is is different a mm, little yeah. bit um and i think perspective you gain more perspective as you're older because i you know you practice and as a kid if you have a really crummy practice you're like i'm gonna quit i'm done this isn't for me i'm yeah. just not good enough um i like i maybe i'm just not physically able to play this instrument maybe it's just not I just don't have it. I can't. Yeah. And, and then, um, and then after you watch a, a musician, like, uh, there's a old banjo player for mountain heart. I can't remember his name. He's, a, uh, but he's not in there currently. I think he, he used to play with them and, um, he has no fingers. He just has a thumb on his left hand. Oh, and so he uh, plays with his Barry, his like Barry, maybe. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm and he was like the MC right for the I've band. Seen, I've oh. seen videos of this guy. I think it was Barry. But carry on with yeah. your story. If I if I find yeah. out, I will report. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So he play, he plays just with his the the main knuckles on his hand, and his thumb. That's the only like digit he has on his left hand, and so he puts his banjo down kind of low, and he um, plays with just pretty much those little knuckle nubs and his thumb and you would not you would not know the difference between him playing and someone else with all five digits on their hand and he's won banjo player of the year yeah at least one time um yeah barry and it just kind of makes if anyone wants to look yes. this guy up and get get inspired barry abernathy yeah it makes you go okay i have all the digits on my hand <laughs> i'm grateful for that I shouldn't complain and right. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what am I? What he, like, you know. The insuperable like, I, barriers I think, that you were perceiving suddenly become yeah. perfectly superable. Yeah. And I would go, if I were him, I don't think I would have the thought that I could do it. Yeah, and, the guts And pushing try, through. Huh? Yeah. Because I go like, oh, if it doesn't turn out and it's just, like, I'm practicing, but nothing's changing. Will it ever change? And... Yeah. Oh man, I just, that is, that kind of person is so admirable to me. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have so much that I have, um, that I kind of get spoiled and don't realize, and don't try to push myself mm. to do things that are hard. Yeah. Um, 
and just to make it make it happen like oh my gosh so that was kind of like if he can if he can play the banjo i can do something (laughs) like i might have to adapt and you know you'll come across things that you'll realize oh this is a little odd for me and adapt and yeah, you but, know, um, I mean, it could be simple little things like figuring out how you're going to, how a burl is going to work for you personally and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Or how to get over yeah. your fear of spit, which it was, is a necessary yeah. thing for a bagpiper. For sure. <laughs> exactly. That was big for me. Yep, that's a real thing, absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, uh, just get some red pipes, right, and just never go near a pipe band again. Now, now it has, in the same way that sort of your string instruments sort of started rolling into each other, has delving into the Highland bagpipe, are you are you starting to eyeball other kinds of bagpipes or similar th- yeah. instruments? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was looking into kitchen pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I still like the scale. I like that there's that limited scale. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, a relief to me. so when it comes to like tell me more about that do you feel like it's a relief in that like i mean to what degree do you feel like it's limiting and to what degree do you think it's like uh actually contributing to the creativity required to play the instrument okay so this this has an uh, this has an analogy a a a tied um similarity (laughs) yeah Using words. Yeah, so <laughs> um, tell me, tell me in your finest English. <laughs> <laughs> so, very similar to how I. So I started. Um, uh, I do instrument repair. I'm not actively at the moment, but I started out building guitars um, for Cordoba Guitars in California, oh. um, and um, got into there because I done woodworking so that that brought me in um and they wanted somebody who was familiar with tools and woodworking but um sorry i had a call that i had to cancel and if you need to take one you know if somebody calls you back you need to take it i can always cut it out in post so no problem oh you're good you're good um so anyway, so I got into building guitars and uh, they do classical Spanish style guitars. And it was like the little master series shop that they had. So that was the shop they had in the US. Other ones they had in um, China, uh, they had in um, in Spain and Mexico. Um, but this one was like their, their top end and their, they had these four, uh, four master series guitars, which are like replicas of these famous guitars, like Torres and like the builders, Torres, Rodriguez, Hauser, and so on. Um, anyway, so I started building, and that was really, really cool. Um, but something I, 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 and I, I'd hear people doing instrument repair. They say, oh, I started out building guitars, and now I do repair. And I'm like, oh, repair just seems like such a bummer. Like, you have to fix things, and it's hairy and messy, and it's not perfect. Yeah. And, um... Some years later, I was moving around and ended up going, well, I need a job. I can, I can do repairs. You know, I can, I've got a lot of background in it. I just need to learn some more things and I can, I can do repairs. After I got into that, I realized repairs are way better than building for the reason, because you already have limitations. You have an instrument that's coming in. You have a problem. Um, you have a timeline that it needs to be fixed by you have somebody that depending on if they have a limited amount of money what 
what they can spend on repairing it. Oh, and they yeah. have a gig. Yeah. Well, especially for and, a musician, you know, or, that's always going to be a factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, how much are you going to spend on it? How long do you need this instrument to last? Is this your instrument? Is this like your main instrument? Or is this something that you're just playing until you buy a new one? So you don't really want to put a ton of money into it. Right. So all these factors, this is like my, I kick into my MacGyver mode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I go, okay, what can I do? How can I do this? How can I fix that with, you know, and so with it, like rubber it's, bands it's and so paper more, clips. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can actually be creative mm. and use, use my creativity to solve problems with, you know, I got magnets and I have this tape and how I can get this wire over here. And it's, um, I, I don't know. It's just a lot more brain stimulating than, okay, here's some perfect wood and here's all the tools that you need. And build something. Mm. And it's just like, here's the exact well, schematic uh, diagram. Do it exactly this way as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So either that, where all you can do is either feel like you match up to it or, or, or fail at making it perfect. And that perfection thing just, it's just, it kind of stalls me. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. if I can't make it perfect, then I, I'm not going to touch it because mm. I'll just mess it up. You know, you just like, oh, I can't. Of course I can't. It's not a machine. Yeah, I can you should have a machine make sure. it. If you want it perfect, yeah. you should have a machine. And so yeah. you just kind of go, oh, I don't, I guess I'm not really needed. Mm. And why even bother? And, um, and uh, but then when it comes to repairs, it, there's so much more. It's like, you actually need a human brain. You can't just put it into a CNC and have it repair a violin. It doesn't know what's wrong with it. It doesn't, you know, it, there's just, it just lets me be able to, be creative and and feel like oh it needs me this instrument needs me uh, not yeah. a machine yeah, like i got you yeah you know like you 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 uniquely, uh, you in particular your set of skills your yeah. experience your your hands particularly yeah i got you yeah so i think when then when it comes to to instruments of so between bagpipes highland bagpipes to where you have a limited scale to say even just mandolin go okay write a you know write a piece of music and i go oh well if i don't write something that chris teeley would play then it's not even worth it it's mm -hmm. not even gonna be you know and it's just kind of like i get that you get that negative oh it's not i'm not i'm not good enough i shouldn't even try because it's not gonna be to this awesome level to wow people why would i bother right. which is such a bad mindset yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> to i mean i don't think that now everybody's got a unique voice now so, but we've all we've all anyway, felt that at so, times. Like but, you, know, you listen to Gordon Duncan and you just think, I guess I'll throw my yeah. bagpipes in the fire now. Yeah, That's why... it's like no one needs me. It's already been done. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like the thing that I <laughs> right. And you know, I guess to go off on another, I don't know if I've finished that thought of limitation helping, but uh, it lets you. I think it lets you relax and like, hey, it's okay. There's only a few things you can do anyway, so just mm. don't even worry. Okay, yeah. you know, I just felt more comfortable around that but um but that thought of of um uh your the value of your music even though you're not a gordon duncan or mm -hmm. you're not a chris Thiele or mm -hmm. Noel pakelney um that's something that that i've gradually come to with my like my mandolin playing my performing because i love performing that's like my f that's like my favorite thing that's my you, you, my you do it for spark. the claps huh <laughs> Yeah, I did for the class. Like, so yeah, when you were talking <laughs> um, in your was it your habits yeah with podcast Swan. with the Swan. What yeah, I was like, are. 
you're like, oh, I might be big headed, but I do it for this reason. I'm like, that's why I do it. Yeah, we'll be honest about it here. You know? <laughs> started doing yeah. community theater when i was like 10 years old because i like it when people watch me i especially like it when they clap yeah. for me yeah <laughs> oh my goodness oh uh, okay one i'll keep it short a little side tangent no hop around all you want i finished my thought yeah. um I, I when i was at byu i took um i needed like another credit or something and uh, my mom was like, oh, they have this performance psychology class. You should try that. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So I sign up and, and in the class, there's a lot of people in there that are, you know, the concert pianists or the violists or mm. the, you know, jazz and something, you know, all these very, very structured art forms and very kind of serious, a little more serious atmosphere of music than I'm used to. Right. And Black they're all in there trying to get over stuff. Yes. Yeah. And they're trying to get over their nerves of not screwing up in between, in the middle of a, some ma- massive piece or right. something. It goes blank and, and all you can do is go back to like measure three and start again or measure yeah. one even. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'd probably be in their shoes if I was playing that kind of music, yeah. but I don't like that. <laughs> so I do. Anyway, so they're in there for these like, oh, I'm just so terrified to walk on stage and all this stuff. And I'm there going like, I would stand on my head and do the stupidest thing on stage if you want me to i have like no i don't care like i'll i'll do the most ridiculous thing embarrass myself and i'll enjoy it because people are laughing (laughs) and you know it was kind of funny doing the final i can relate to that entirely (laughs) and People are, you know, going up saying, I've learned so much that I, I can do this now and I've overcome my fear. And I had to go up and go, oh, shoot, what can I say? I have to make something <laughs> up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm now not afraid to. I've been looking forward to standing up in front of all of you all semester because this is what I love to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like uh, I like getting a reaction, a positive reaction from people. It's so fun. I like to make people I, laugh. I mean, I'm sure you still get know. plenty of joy, you know, sitting in your in your living room, just you know, figuring a tune out or just playing around. But mm-hmm. uh, but like you know, you're you're always kind of have a performance in mind. Always kind of thinking like, I like to play off the crowd. You yeah. know, how will this be received? That kind of stuff. Yeah, that, and that's pretty much how. That's how I sit whenever I need to come up with like an arrangement of something. Say if it's on the mandolin. Um, I arrange for reaction to the crowd. Ah, like I see. that's, that's, I mean, like I could play something technically correct, but what's the use of that time? If I have, if I have like 30 seconds of play time, why would I do something that is just notes? I want to do something that's surprising. Yeah. That's witty. That's, that's like, yeah, uh, you know, something that hits you and what, what's going on? And, um, yeah, so that it, that's so talking about um, not not playing in a band or and especially this shut down time to where you know people aren't being able to play with groups as they as they usually do depending on where you live and stuff. Yeah. But, um, Even if you can get together, that, get in front of a crowd is impossible, of course. Yeah, yeah, getting yeah performing for people and for me right now it's kind of like. How far away from Seattle am I? That doesn't, you know, not as practical. Yeah. Um, 
it was really hard for me to get motivated to practice. And that's something that I've been having a hard time. That's why, you know, I listened to that habits one, like, oh, I need that. I need that. Um, how do I get myself to do something I'm not motivated to do? Because I don't have a performance. I don't have a competition yeah. and I don't have an audience, um, even if it's small, like performing for church parties and stuff like that. Right. Um, that's what gets me up and practicing is like, oh, I want, I want to show somebody that, I care about this instrument, that it's cool. I want to introduce somebody to the pipes. Maybe they'll want to play and maybe I can talk to them about it and how excited I am and show them what they miss by, you know, if they're just listening to the radio all day, they're missing like so much, mm -hmm. you know, there's all this other music out there. And, um, and so that's, that's been hard for me, honestly, yeah. that's, that's been pretty hard. Yeah. So, that's I don't know what the social aspect of, what of music is important. Yeah. So what's, uh, I'm curious what your, when, if you don't have a performance in mind, um, how do you stay practicing mm. when you're not motivated for a, for that, that reward at the end for, yeah. you know, performance? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, cause I am, I am with, I'm with you a hundred percent. I'm very, very motivated by getting in front of people and feeling good about myself. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. and I think that that can be okay. It also can, you know, I think we probably all know that it can border into and enter into unhealthy territory if you're sort of, sort of yeah. expediting your own happiness. <laughs> so then like, you know, if nobody reacts positively <laughs> to me, I have no worth kind of thing, you know? Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but I also like, ever since I was pretty young, I've always really enjoyed, um, like recording stuff too. You know, like I got in. I got, I hopped on GarageBand before I knew what I was doing, you know, before I ever got like a mm -hmm. MIDI keyboard, I was clicking the digital keyboard on the screen with a mouse to put <laughs> something together, you know? And so uh -huh. I definitely get motivated by that kind of stuff too. And, and, uh, mm -hmm. with bagpipes, I do find that like, it's big headed of me, but anytime I get them out, even in my backyard, I do imagine that I have an audience, um, of neighbors uh -huh. and i also imagine that they are enjoying it which probably is not accurate <laughs> all the time but i just go ahead and imagine it anyway <laughs> so that's the i guess that's one nice thing about bagpipes it, it, it sometimes it's a curse but sometimes it can be nice that they are all acoustic and so extremely uh -huh. loud that you can kind of think to yourself, you know what i'll give my neighbors a little show yeah you know what that, that's kind of true because even though you can't see them you know they're hearing it. Like, yep, you know. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> There's no way they don't yeah, yeah. hear it. So that kind of does make you like, maybe I made someone smile. Maybe I made them mad. <laughs> maybe right, yeah. I made somebody laugh <laughs> or something. You know, there, there like, are also... Changed up their monotonous. I, I've yeah. never been able to attend. There are some of these um, small piping workshops that happen, of course, on the other side of the Atlantic. and uh, But there are also some that happen uh, along the East Coast, Um that I've been aware of for years, but I've never been able to attend. But during COVID, they, mm -hmm. uh, they've all gone online. And uh, mm -hmm. so if any pipers listening to this kind of want a, a way to get together and play with some folks, I found those to be so much fun. And, you know, usually the format mm -hmm. is like you sign up for it and they send you a set list, you know, some recordings and like here are the tunes we're going to play through together. Here's the music, mm -hmm. just kind of get ready. And then everybody just kind of hops on a Zoom call and really you mute up. And But it's way more fun than I thought it would be. You know, at first I thought like, oh, this mm -hmm. will be lame because you have to mute up so that you don't have the lag, you know. But yeah. you have yeah. this person usually who's like kind of a high profile player. And basically you end up getting to play a duet with them. You know, only you can hear it, oh. of course. You can hear them, yeah. you can hear yourself. But 
I've found that to be really fun lately. And uh, oh yeah. So if that's if that's a useful thing to think about, uh, you know, usually with these you can hop in with a tin whistle or something too, or just with your practice chanter because you can usually get it pretty close to to a uh, you uh -huh. know to a concert pitch. Yeah, yeah. That's I have to I have to say um, add on to the the performing thing. When it comes to performing, it's more um, playing solo is actually fairly new to me. So that's bagpipes brought the newness of solo playing mm, and it was very uncomfortable mm. <laughs> that was that was like well you know <laughs> again it can only go downhill from here yeah, you, <laughs> i you don't know why i think right? that you can't hide when you're yeah. standing there all by yourself with a set of yeah. advice yeah and i'm so used to playing with groups but that's that that playing with somebody like i miss that like i'll put up uh i started um doing some tunes that i was practicing and learning find recordings on youtube and play with them oh, yeah. but i have to say there's something with live there's something oh, with somebody sure. yeah oh it's just like a recording is just soulless and it's just not there anymore and yeah. i just love that that feeling that you get when you're uh, in your pipe band and you're playing and you're looking at the pipe major's hands and you're right in, in sync with them and you're listening and everybody's just like there's a point to where you just like everybody's right on it and they're together yes. and you just feel like you guys as like like we just like made something epic and those those notes even if it just happened just very briefly yeah. it's just something amazing there's this unifying synergy thing that all of a sudden it's that uh, you're greater than the sum of your parts that's yeah, yeah. totally I just love that. So playing, just be able to sit down and play with somebody. I was, that kind of got me to thinking about starting like a, a chanter group out here, um, where there's not, you know, no, no pipe bands within three months, you know, three, three hours from where I live and, um, over at the snowy cascades, <laughs> you know, right. and, um, I'm like, you know what, maybe I should just know start like you guys were doing you starting should. a little you, absolutely should. you know free class come you know and i'll just hang out under the picnic you know in the picnic table and whoever shows up between this time and this time i'm just gonna be there and yeah. so that's still something that i want to do once snow stops and then once we can do that and covid you know right. um i just i just really hunger for playing and doing something together as a, you know, unifying people that, yeah. and really that's, and you know, how you mentioned having friends, making friends while playing music. That's my best friends, um, are all from playing music together, mm -hmm. playing in a band and whether I, you know, I, I know I'm socially awkward and an <laughs> introvert, <laughs> so, but it's really, music has really facilitated us, helped me, have a social life and yeah, well, um, i mean i probably have a social life on, right? it gives you something like well we're all here to do this thing so we can focus on that and then the friendship can happen yeah, so organically alongside exactly it. yeah yeah it's like oh i don't feel silly just hanging out with people and not having anything to say like oh we're here for a thing we're yeah. working on a thing together and then and then it's not you know you've got a task that yeah you're so just then there's doing, never an awkward then, silence there's always something that you're doing yeah Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's where, you know, music's really enriched my life. I'd say probably the biggest way it's enriched it is the people I've met. Yeah. It's not, I mean, the performing and the, the thrill I get 
is great, but those are short, you know, they last as yes. long as you, know, you go home and then, or if you have another gig and it goes, you know, and mm-hmm. people yeah. are like, what, can, what was got, that? As much a chance of it going very poorly as going very well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, playing to an empty room. You're like, okay. Yeah. And you know, um, but really it's the people you meet and what you learn about like who you are, who you want to be and how you interact with people. It's really like, yeah, it's, it's been a big blessing in my life. So, yeah, I agree with you. I I wonder to what degree (laughs) this COVID situation will have a lot of people thinking similar thoughts and maybe, maybe particularly people in the pipe band world, um, kind of recognizing, you know, because you you have a moment to sit back and kind of think, now, why do I do this? Why have I been doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, why do I put time and money Mm -hmm. into this? What is it that I really miss? And I think, I mean, just the other night, my wife asked me, because I'm I'm kind of a, I'm a dabbler when it comes to music, you know, like I, I own Mm -hmm. a lot of instruments and play none of them very well. And she she asked me, (laughs) you know, if you had to pick one thing to do, what would it be? You know? And I was Uh like, you know, because of sort of sort of uh just range you know i if it was just if Mm -hmm. it was just about music i'd probably choose something other than the bagpipes but honestly Uh like if i really had to pick just one thing it would be highland bagpipes absolutely and if for no other reason you know like the music is compelling i do love it but there is Uh something magic about standing in a circle and doing something in sync with other humans uh, I, mm-hmm. I suspect, I don't know much about the psychology behind it, but I suspect that this is the case for synchronized swimmers and sports mm-hmm. people and stuff, you know, things yeah. that I have no vocabulary Athletes, for. Yeah. Um, that yeah. it's, it's just this magical experience that like, yeah, I don't think I would have realized if it weren't for COVID that it, the music is a necessary mm-hmm. facilitator for it, but it's actually maybe mm-hmm. not the core of the magic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, I I thought that too um, when I'm thinking about like, oh, if I had to move somewhere, where would I want to be? And I have to say like a bluegrass band kind of came in second <laughs> in my head mm. of, you know, what's around there because, because of that, because it has, it's a, it's a genre that has the structure that helps facilitate that. Mm. It has, um, where you can meet up because, you know, because you have these, these tunes and you have these competitions and you have, um, um, kind of, you know, the methodology and everything transferring over to where if you meet another piper, Mm -hmm. odds are that they're going to know similar tunes and they're going to play, they're going to, you know, have played in competitions before, or or they've gone to Highland game, you know, you have a lot more immediately connecting with somebody where, Folk music, I mean, bluegrass is very, is very loose. Yeah, kind of more <laughs> it's wide very, open. It's very loose. I was like, yeah, it's it's very like, you know, people just teaching themselves and writing their own music and not even knowing what Ultra Clark is sometimes, you know? And so um, it's, it's harder to find somebody that you can lock into and mesh with. It's yeah. a little more eclectic, um, which is good, oh, but yeah, it doesn't. Good, yeah, yeah. It's great, but... Um, but it's like, if you want to go somewhere and know you'll have, it's like, move somewhere and know you'll have friends. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like, what is, what but it kind point. of is a little bit. I've, I've, it's like, I've heard some criticism of the pipe band world before, 
which I think is justified to some degree that like because of its military mm-hmm. heritage, because of its strict adherence to sort of perceived tradition, et cetera, it can be restricting mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes takes a very long time to change in good ways as well. But mm-hmm. the good mm-hmm. flip side to that, of course, is that um, when you when you have something that's like so clearly defined, be it, you know, the military history, the tradition, you know, so it, it, it informs the way that pipe bands function from from the internal organization, having pipe majors, mm-hmm. drum, drum sergeants, etc. The the instruments themselves, how they tune, who makes them, how you how you set them up. Um, yeah. the music itself, the musical forms, the competitions, all of this actually, it all comes together as like a vehicle for preservation. And it's like, yeah, maybe the best, like all over the world, you could go to Italy, you could go to Scotland, you could go to any part of the United States, you could go to Mexico city, like anywhere in the world. If you've got a competitive Highland pipe band, you're going to mm-hmm. be, you know, what's going on. It's, it's a, it's a system. Yeah. that's it's really well sort of preserved in that way. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, structure is not, you know, is not to be papooed at. Like, that's something that I really, um, you really need. And that's something I was kind of missing in, um, in bluegrass kind of stuff. And even in teaching, it's, I was kind of jealous of, um, uh, you know, classical or jazz or band teachers that get together for, you know, they'll get together for a teaching convention and they'll learn, you know, Mm, share like, oh, here's this great method and this and this. And when it comes to, you know, teaching mandolin, I'm like trying to find a book, you know, try, you know, I pretty much end up compiling my own art, you know, arsenal of scales and this and that, but it's so hard to find and like finding something for the mandolin. Mm. That's that I know they have that for violin and it's just so hard to find. Yeah. There's not more like classical forms of te- of music and teaching they have sort of a, a shared yeah. common language and curriculum and things like that yeah and so i i have to say i i really believe in it's good to customize i mean that's what private lessons are you know yeah. one-on-one that the teacher helps you you know grow but having having some structure there um it's really helpful. I was kind of jealous. I'm like, oh man, but bagpipes are so nice. It makes me go, oh, maybe I should work really hard on bagpipes and just teach bagpipes now on. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't have to uh, hand write out a bunch of different kinds of scales every day. I'm like, oh, it's right. exhausting. Yeah. Like I have to hand write so much stuff because it's just, I can't find it. <laughs> it's just not out there. I don't know. So, um, well, you're, you'd be in a unique a position, balance. Aaron, because you, you're, you're a good piper, but you also started learning fairly recently. So your, your learning experience is in good recent memory, which I think is very important for any instructor. But then of course you also have experience teaching mm. other stuff. You got to start this group, Aaron. You, you, you got to start this, uh, yeah. what, what central Washington, <laughs> Western Washington, whatever, wherever it is. Yeah. Yeah. North central Washington chanter club. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or have have I Just, kept you too yeah. long? Have you got a got oh. duties to do over there? Oh well, yeah. There's there's a little three month old that I'm sure my husband would like to <laughs> tag team and <laughs> hand <Sheesh>. off. <laughs> Those kids can be really demanding. <laughs> <laughs> She's cute. Her, yeah, Dar our little Darby. Little so, Darby, huh? Yeah. Does she look like yeah. a piper or a drummer? Because she's got to be one or the other, right? I know. That's what, you know, what her hands look like. What yeah. are her pinkies like? Now? You lay down a chanter on one side of the room and a mallet on the other side. Just be like, which way is she going to go? 
Oh yeah, yeah. You have those like which one they choose will be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just Let's crawl towards it. Whatever they choose now. <laughs> yeah, whatever they start slobbering on is That's their right. destiny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like jeez. I tried that with all my kids, and so far they oh, all yeah. have really not liked the bagpipes at all, and so I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> It's scary. Like, what is that thing? Yeah, exactly. Some octopus monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, listen, I, w- I would love to talk again. I, I I won't force you to stay with me any longer. I'll find a spot to gracefully fade out either in previous conversation or is there anything that you'd like to go out on, whether it's related to the conversation we've had so far or not, whether it's, you know, words of wisdom, thoughts, anything like that? And no pressure, you know, because uh, I can also back yeah. it up and fade it out, you know, whatever is nice. I've, I've one one quick thought about um, practicing. I think a lot about practicing. If you have a really up say, if you have a really crappy practice, don't worry. Tomorrow will probably be better. So usually for me, it's every other. Every other practice is crappy, and every other one is like, oh, that was actually kind of good. So if it's bad, just oh, no no pressure. Put it down. Pick it up again tomorrow. So that's my word of wisdom. <laughs> Beautiful.